Hello and welcome to level 68 of 3 Extra Lives, a video game and trivia podcast. I'm your host Tom Knight and just a little reminder, in case you've forgotten or you don't know, this show is on a bi-weekly schedule. Every two weeks, hitting your ears with some indie games, feel-good video game stories and trivia, of course. How could we forget about the trivia? And, well, thank you for being here and... Let's get on with the show! Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday, dear Street Fighter 2! Happy birthday to you! Yes, Street Fighter 2 has turned 30 years old. Wow. And if you're as old as me, you will remember Street Fighter 2 in the arcade. And I know I covered this on a much earlier level of Three Actual Lives where I talked about experiences in the arcade and what that was like but when I saw that Street Fighter 2 was turning 30 this month in February 2021 made me feel a bit old not gonna lie Street Fighter 2 is it's renowned as one of the most successful highest grossing arcade machines of all time and it's no surprising really that when this came out back in 1991 this 2D beat-em-up took the world by storm. It, it hit the arcade and it hit home consoles. And as of recording this episode, selling around 6.3 million copies. And you know the characters in Street Fighter. You've got Ken, Ryu, Chun-Li, Guile, Blanca, personal favorite of mine. I think Street Fighter 2 really set the, the bar of, of what a beat-em-up game would be for modern fighting games and when you look back at just the excitement of seeing Street Fighter 2 in the arcade, I mean, I'm definitely not a big beat-em-up fan, but I remember the feeling of just watching somebody play Street Fighter 2 in the arcade. It was mesmerizing. I mean, that was that was Twitch.tv back in the day, watching somebody play a game on an arcade. And I remember specific levels in Street Fighter 2 where you had like these bonuses where you had to like beat up a car and totally wreck it. and watching people being able to achieve that and also just the action and the special moves and the combos and seeing that all come together and just the locations as well you could fight in various areas of the world and the characters it was just all very iconic and it was all very appealing at the time and still is to many people but I think when it came to arcade machines that was just one for me that was always piquing my interest and just wanting to see it get played and then trying to play it yourself but realizing that you you just didn't you didn't know any of the moves and you were just mashing buttons and hoping things happened and sometimes it did most of the times it didn't interestingly enough actually 25 years after it's released the street fighter alpha 2 snes game from 1996 somebody actually discovered a cheat code 25 years after it was released a cheat code that unlocked shin akumu as a playable character so imagine that all these years and people still unlocking secrets in the likes of street fighter 2 there we go street fighter 2 turns 30 years old do you remember it being played in the arcade or do you have memories of playing it on the console you might even be too young to remember street fighter 2 in its heyday and again just making you feel old making myself feel old but happy birthday street fighter 2 many happy returns it's trivia time. So we were talking about Street Fighter. And here we go. 
with a Street Fighter question. Yeah, I know. Unique. The deluxe version arcade machines of the 1987 release of Street Fighter had rubber punch pads underneath the buttons that registered the amount of pressure applied for light, medium, or heavy punches or kicks. Is that true or false? The correct answer is true. However, these pads tended to wear out very, very quickly. If you got that one right, give yourself an extra life. Honk. I've been playing Untitled Goose Game. I've been embracing my inner goose. I've been playing the 2019 release Untitled Goose Game. I've been getting up to some serious mischief. Now, I did chuckle to myself when I looked at this game on Steam and saw that it was filed under the user-defined tag of villain protagonist. Yes, because you play as a goose who's actually a little bit bad, who's a little bit naughty and is looking to cause trouble in a lovely little village, probably based in Britain. There is a lot of British elements that become recognizable to you, including the red post box and the red telephone booth as well and as you enter this quiet town with people just wanting to go about their slow-paced lives you cause a bit of a ruckus now this game is set across several areas one of the first areas you'll go into is a allotment which is being cared for by an old man kind of reminds me of mr mcgregor from peter rabbit and when you enter an area you get basically a checklist of things that you need to do and it's all pretty much being a bit of a pain and you also get a bigger task towards the end as well which is usually collecting a certain amount of items and putting them in a certain area so for example in this first area you might have to collect some sandwiches and a radio and some carrots and bring them over to a picnic blanket and place them all there and it's not always as simple as grabbing an item and taking it to a location because if the humans see you doing stuff, well, they're not going to be too happy. They're going to be a bit flustered and they're going to be trying to grab whatever you're taking and put it back in its rightful place. So while you're trying to cause chaos, they're trying to restore order to the anarchy that you are creating as a goose. And it's a lot of fun playing this game because there's elements to it that I actually didn't expect. One of them is stealth and you can stealth around corners, take cover and hide from the humans and this helps you achieve your objectives as well. And as of September 2020, so a year on from its initial release in 2019, the developers House House have added a two-player mode in this game as well so you can go two geese at a time and cause double the havoc which i actually think would be a lot of fun being able to complete your objectives while having two geese on the loose it might actually make things a little bit simpler it also might make things just a lot more fun being able to have an extra goose in the field of play and what i do like about this game is it's not very long and i completed it in about two and a half hours but i didn't beat everything to completion and when I was actually done the what I'm gonna say main story I mean there's not much of a story there apart from causing a bit of a nuisance and checking that off your list and then moving on to the next area 
But once that was all completed, you go back to the start and you get additional tasks as well. So the game continues a little bit more, gives you a little bit more creativity in the tasks as well. A little bit more complex. And if you really want to go hardcore, if you really want to be the hardcore untitled Goose Game player, you can also enter these areas and you get a time limit of trying to complete all those objectives before the church bell rings. And the church bell will usually ring several minutes after you've entered that area and your mission is to complete all the objectives, which it's not that straightforward half the time. You have to do a bit of planning and make sure you're keeping an eye on the humans and making sure you don't get caught and they're taking back their items from you. The locations in this game are pretty fun as well. So like I mentioned, you have the allotment, then you move into like a main street where you've got a couple of shops. Then from there, you'll move into some back gardens and cause mischief there. And then of course, finish up at the pub, the local pub, where again, you can get into all sorts of trouble. It's just great because the the controls in this game, very simple. You have a button to honk where you can cause a distraction. You have also a button where you can kind of crouch down and sneak behind places. And you can also flap your wings, which is sometimes used for some of the tasks as well trying to be a little bit more intimidating perhaps i'd heard good great things about this game and went and checked it out and it just i just took to it like a duck to water and it's just so fun it's just so fun being a goose i never thought i'd say those words out loud I'm talking about untitled goose game by house house that's available on pc nintendo switch playstation 4 xbox one android so why not go give it a honk it's trivia time. So we were talking about Untitled Goose Game and you know what's coming. Yes, it's a goose question. What do you call a baby goose? The correct answer is gosling. Did you get that one right? If you did, give yourself an extra life. And finally, on this level of free extra lives, talking about anniversaries and landmarks, in 2020, Nintendo celebrated the 35th anniversary of Super Mario Bros. with the release of an online multiplayer platform battle royale game, Super Mario Bros. 35. I've been playing this on my Nintendo Switch Lite, which yes, I bought from a vending machine. This has been a free download for members of the Nintendo Switch Online and first became available back on October 1st, 2020. However, the cravat with this is the game will only be playable until March 31st, 2021 this year. So this brings me to the Mario 35 dilemma. So let me start out by saying that Super Mario Bros. 35, it's a lot of fun. And basically it starts off using the elements of the classic NES version of Super Mario, where you play through levels, you kill enemies, you collect coins, all the while your time's ticking down. The more enemies you kill, the more that replenishes your time. You collect coins, which you can use to buy power-ups. Every 20 coins, you can buy a random power-up. It might be a mushroom, might be a, fire flower it might be invincibility 
and basically you're trying to amass a lot of time and coins so you can survive for the longest and if you die you're out you're eliminated and you play this with 34 other players yourself included that makes 35 we did the math you're trying to outlast everyone else basic battle royale principles there you want to be the last one surviving you go through classic levels in the original super mario bros it's slightly randomized with the enemies so eventually you might be playing through the first level of mario again it just loops and loops and loops and you might be end up seeing Bowser there and enemies that aren't usually there. And as time goes on, it gets progressively more difficult with the amount of enemies and your time starts ticking down a lot faster. So it's a matter of having to kill enough enemies and stockpile enough time to survive and also collecting those coins that if you do take damage, you lose your big form and you shrink down. You use your 20 coins to get a, a mushroom or invincibility to keep you in the game so it's quite simple to pick up and play if you ever played mario you're going to be at home with that straight away and i am having a lot of fun with it and the, the great thing about this as well is when you get eliminated which i do quite often quite early but it's great fun to be able to spectate everyone else that's playing and checking out just how good some players are and incredibly the skill level for this game a lot of people obviously played a lot of mario got a lot of fun blisters from playing Mario and are, are really good at Mario and it's it's great to see the, the skill level in this game as well. But that brings us to the dilemma which is while right now we're having fun in Super Mario Bros, it's going away. It's as of March 31st, 2021, Mario Super Mario 35 will be taken offline and won't be playable anymore. It's only for this anniversary. So that leaves me with a question. It's it's an interesting point because it's like, well, should this go away? Should Nintendo stop being weird and just say like, hey, yeah, of course you can just play this for as long as you want. Or does it actually make it more special from the fact that it is limited time? Is the fact that we can only play this for five to six months, does that make it more of a special thing as a gamer that we can say, oh, yeah, we were around it for Super Mario 35 and we got to play that for a limited time or is it just better that it's not like that I'm quite conflicted on this subject because I feel like I'm enjoying what I'm playing now but if it goes away am I going to be sad I don't know maybe I'll just enjoy the time that I had with it but at the same time it does feel a bit strange that something that is potentially popular and is an enjoyable experience would just be taken away but maybe again it's the dilemma of oh well it's gonna go away so I should play it while it's here and I should make the most of that and as a gamer it's not something that we ever really encounter that much we do have games that are live services that maybe eventually get pulled offline but this is more of a limited time aspect and I think that creates some kind of hype around the game but it also feels a bit strange and feels a bit odd because I don't think this is something I would like to be a consistent thing with games where they come out for limited times and then you can't play them anymore because that's the opposite of playing games it's that's not playing games so I don't know I'm enjoying Super Mario Bros 35 and I think if you get a chance you should definitely pick it up if you've got a Nintendo Switch if you've got that Nintendo Switch online definitely give it a go before it goes away just to say you did you know badge of honor and all that I haven't managed to 
be number one yet, and I'm not sure if I will, but I did get I did get a top six, so I was very happy about that. And my partner Amanda actually got second and was very close to to winning it as well. And, and she's only played like a couple of times, but she's a Mario pro, unlike me. You know me, I, I I grew up with Sonic, not Mario, so I'm at a disadvantage there. Yeah, Mario 35. This was developed by Arika, published by Nintendo, of course, and it's only here for a limited time, so go check it out while you can! And let me know if you do, and let me know how well you did. It's trivia time, so we were talking about Super Mario, and that led to this question. What was Mario's profession before he was a plumber? Was it a carpenter, chef, or chemist? The correct answer is Carpenter. Miyamoto's own account, Mario's profession, was chosen to fit the game design. Since Donkey Kong takes place on a construction site, Mario was made into a carpenter. And when he appeared again in Mario Bros, it was decided that he should be a plumber. Because a lot of the game is situated underground. It really is that simple. If you got that one right, give yourself an extra life. And here we are at the end of another level of Three Extra Lives. How did you do on the trivia this time? Why not let me know over on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can also head over to our Discord and brag about your scores there. And if you head over to threeextralives.com, you will find a link to the Discord. You'll also find links to the show notes for this episode where you'll find everything Link there and mention so you don't have to go searching. It'll be all there for you to check out. That's 3extralives.com. And with that, we have reached the end again. And I thank you very much for tuning in. And I'll see you all in level 69.